Hello, everybody. This is Noah and John, and we are from Urban Digs. And today, Johnny, we got Jeffrey Carlson, okay, sales director over at Argo. Um, but we're going to be talking about the rental markets today. Okay, He's got a lot of rental information, and the rental markets are doing crazy things, Johnny. A lot to talk about. Jeffrey, thank you so much for, for joining in here. And um, let me just start out straight up. What's going on with the uh, New York City rental markets? Yeah, John Noah, uh, thank you both for having me. Um, it's a pleasure to be on the uh, on the show. Uh, the rental market is, uh, for you know, a lack of better words, it's extremely crazy right now. You know, it's uh, uh, we're seeing rents uh, approach uh, surpass really all time highs, um, and uh, it's been sort of moving in that direction over the last twelve months now. Uh, we started seeing this back in May, June, May, May, June, July of last year. Um, and we certainly expected for things to slow down over the, the fall and winter months. Uh, but, but fortunately or unfortunately, depending on which side of the, the coin you're on, that didn't happen. Um, and uh, we're, we're, we're seeing uh, tremendous uh, not really volume, but just price points, really, as far as rents are concerned, uh, with no no slowdown in sight, really, to be completely candid with you. Right. Yeah, and so, I think that's, yeah. Sorry, Johnny. Yeah, go ahead, Noah. As I was say, that's the problem, right? There's no end in sight in this thing, and, there's, and the lease activity, everything is low, right? Yeah. It's not like it, you say lease activity is high, it's not high, it's because there's no units coming on the market. Is there, is there a supply problem here? Sorry, John. That, that, that's exactly it. There's an extreme supply problem. We have yeah. um, your average Joe or Jane in Manhattan or in Brooklyn, for that matter. They're just not. They're not. They're not. You're not seeing as much turnover as you typically would in previous years, uh, and that's simply because there's nowhere to go. You're right. There's nowhere. There. There are no opportunities for your average studio, one bedroom, two bedroom, three bedroom apartment renter. Uh, uh, to, to go right now, we are seeing prices. Uh, uh, we're seeing prices that have increased anywhere from uh, uh, ten to twenty percent in some of the outer boroughs, and twenty to thirty percent here in Manhattan. And uh, with prices at these all-time highs, we're not really seeing is the turnover that we would typically see. But when we do get the turnover that we're we're getting. We're, uh, we're seeing an incredible amount of activity in each one of the listings that we do ultimately put on the market, uh, which, is, which is great for our agents because it makes their job a little simpler. Uh, certainly wouldn't say it's easy, but it's a little simpler because uh, they're no longer uh, uh, having to show uh, units as often as they typically would. Uh, lately, when we put something on the market, we're inundated with phone calls, text messages, emails, people pleading to be the first one in to see a unit. Um, and it, and it's, it's really hard to navigate from uh, a broker's perspective because you put something on the market on StreetEasy, for example, and within an hour or two, you have dozens of emails and inquiries uh, that you have to field. And you can't necessarily have 20, 30, 40 people show up at an apartment at one point in time and, uh, and show everybody this particular unit, so it's 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 a um, it's an interesting time for brokers and how they're navigating uh, uh, the waters right now. They have to do so uh, very strategically with uh, with some of their decision making, as far as that's concerned. 
Right. And Jeff, Jeffrey, you mentioned an interesting word and, you know, a lot of folks might not necessarily know what the context of this word is given sort of, you know, how, how it's being used, but you talk about turnover. And I'm curious, how would you describe you know, what turnover is and how is it different now compared to how it's was say pre-pandemic? Well, typically a lot of the turnover is from, from, a, from a landlord's perspective, you know, historically what they like to do is they like to structure their lease turnover, a majority of their lease turnover during the hotter months, if you will. And those months really being from, let's call it March to October, right? You have an influx usually of people who are moving to the city for the very first time, starting new jobs. Um, everyone likes to move in the warmer months as opposed to the winter months for obvious reasons. And uh, uh, so, so, and, and so because of that, typically during those particular months, March to October, we would see uh, a, a larger amount of units uh, become available uh, as opposed to the, 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 the months that are outside of that particular time frame. And we're just not seeing that as often because folks who are in market rate units, what they're doing is, is they're, they're getting their, their renewals and their renewals are... Um, uh, uh, competitive, if you will, and, and uh, uh, giving them a reason to stay because you're running into scenarios where you'll get a renewal, you'll you'll take a look at what's out there on the market, and you'll be displeased with what your dollar can get you uh, on with what's on the market today, as opposed to what it is that you're currently already in. Um, and and because of that, we're seeing just a, again a massive slowdown in the uh, uh, turnover as far as folks moving. Uh, mm -hmm. But at the same time, we're still getting, you know, people who are leaving their apartments. You know, there are a lot of people, for as many people are moving to Manhattan, there are still people leaving Manhattan. You know, there are, in, in the world that we live in, there are people constantly uh, going through life changes. And anytime you have people who are going through significant life changes, there's turnover. And uh, with that turnover, we're, uh, we're, we're, uh, you know, we're not having any trouble moving any of that inventory, obviously. Right. I don't know if that answers your question. It, it does. And if I, I just want to ask a follow-up question. I know Noah's got no, I'm sure Noah's got a couple on deck already. But <laughs> yeah, I'm just curious, you know, from, from your perspective, I mean, is there a structural difference now though in the way landlords are 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 I suppose constructing their leases? I mean, the, the one of the big lessons from the pandemic was if you have the majority of your of your leases, you know, coming due in the summer months and then something happens in the summer months, I mean, you're extremely fragile. So maybe spread that out a little bit. And I'm wondering, is there a, a diffusion of lease times now that's sort of exacerbating the supply problem? Is that, and is this an ongoing issue? Yeah, I don't think that we are consciously, uh, as far as Argo is concerned, I don't think that we're uh, strategically trying to uh, um, spread out uh, anything as far as our, our our leases are concerned. For example, I'm assuming like what you're referring to is signing 16-month uh, leases, 18-month leases, sort of right. in the bag there. I don't. We're not taking that kind of approach at all. Um, I think that we might also be a little unique in that sense. A lot of our inventory, to be completely candid with you, is pretty desirable. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, a lot of our inventory is located in a lot of uh, pre-war buildings throughout the Upper West Side, for example, some stuff downtown. Um, and anytime you're in, in pre-war housing, you tend to have larger units. Uh, we do have a, a, an, accept, an exceptional reputation as far as the quality of units that we, uh, we provide as well. 
So, you know, our inventory stock is comprised of large units, well-maintained, uh, well-cared for, uh, responsive property managers. And uh, I would like to think that that is, I don't want to say that's unique because there are plenty of other firms out there who, who possess all of those qualities, but because we do possess those qualities, we tend to see a lot of people, um, a lot of our tenants just sign, sign their renewals. They're, uh, and, and we're, not, we're not gouging folks as far as their renewals are concerned. We're, uh, we're certainly be, being competitive as far as the market is concerned. Uh, but because of those reasons, we're, we're, a li- we're a little different from, let's say, I don't want to mention any names, but uh, some of the larger landlords with glass and, glass and steel buildings on the far west side where they have three, four, 500 units, they're a little, just naturally, if you have that many units in a building, you're a little bit more exposed. So you might want to be a little bit more strategic as far as uh, uh, spreading out your exposure as far as those leases are concerned. But as far as our inventory is concerned, we're, uh, we're not taking that approach at all. Interesting. Okay. Thank hey, you. Hey, Jeffrey, um, I want to I want to go out into just the, the whole landlords. So let's just go out there and, at whole um, as a whole here. Um, so outside of your firm for a moment and look at the industry. I know warehousing was a thing in the pandemic. Okay. And 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 I get it. I get it. it makes sense. You know, they're not getting. You know, I mean, the rental market got hurt. All right, in the beginning of this. All right. So now the pendulum going in the other way. Yeah. Um, are are landlords still warehousing units? Um, I think there certainly are landlords warehousing units, but I don't think uh, there are as many units being warehoused as one might think. Um, You know, in July of 2019, when the legislation was put forward that sort of changed what landlords can or cannot do with rent stabilized units, that really hurt a lot of landlords, right? It, it, It put a lot of building owners in a really bad position to manage their buildings, right? We have a a building is a living organism. It has to constantly be maintained. It has to constantly be uh, attended to and it costs money. You know, it's it's simply put to to maintain the exterior or the interior of a building, you know, a housing stock that's aging that's anywhere from 50 to 120 plus years old, that it it gets more expensive as the building is older. and it's, it, we have to sort of incorporate that into uh, how we, uh, uh, our rents, but uh, uh, put that aside, as far as warehousing is concerned, you have a lot of people who, excuse me, a lot of landlords who are experiencing uh, uh, scenarios where they have these rent stabilized units that, uh, that have been occupied for decades. Uh, by the same tenant, and a lot of those tenants are approaching the century mark, and um, you know, unfortunately, their 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 you know father time is uh, is coming into play, and they're you know you know they're departing uh, to put uh, oddly, and uh, and and when that happens, we have this aging housing stock that we have to do something with. It's not you know a lot of landlords are experiencing again property or, or apartments that they're getting back after being hap- uh, uh, lived in for the last... So let me just let me just understand the problem, all right? I have this aging housing stock, okay? There was a law passed in 2019. So now I'm a landlord and I, I own, let's say, 10 of these units that are now open. I don't know going to why, they're open now, right? Um, I If I put all this money into it, I can't get the return on the rental value in return, 
That's so I'm putting all this money into this this renovation, but my rent can only get capped and go up so little. So at the end of the day, it's really a loss. So there's no incentive for for the landlord to go and do this, or they keep the unit off the market. Again, I'm thinking about warehouse units now. You're not necessarily keeping it off the market, but you're trying to strategically. Uh, uh, figure out what you can do with that unit. So you can no longer spend $120,000 to $150,000 renovating the unit because the only thing that you're going to be able to do as far as rent increases are concerned, you'll be able to raise rents by $70, for example. And right. uh, obviously the math equation there doesn't really work out. So no, what doesn't. tends to happen is, is that we have units, I'm seeing landlords where they have units where they're looking to split larger units into two different, two different apartments and or combine a unit with a neighboring unit, whether that's next to them, above them, below them. We're seeing some of that happen, um, but we're not really seeing anybody, I'm not seeing many people just consciously hold on to units uh, with, no, with no plan in sight. Uh, if, if, if they're getting units, they're, 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 uh, they're strategically, if we're getting units and they're holding them, they're strategically holding them uh, for purposes to uh, really sort of reposition that particular uh, that particular space as it currently is. Right. Let me let me just pivot a little bit on that point. And that's the question of just talking about investors. So not necessarily landlords looking to buy and hold buildings, but you know individual investors that may want to just grab a, a condo, rent it out for you know ten years before they move to the city or, or do something. And I'm curious, how does that market look like? You know, what are cap rates? You know, if you're not necessarily worried about the overall operations of the building and having to pay the salaries and stuff, does it make sense now, from an investor's point of view, with rents where they are, to consider the sales market in terms of condos to to rent things out? Yeah, it depends. I don't know that uh, that it makes a ton of sense to. Uh, for individual condos, but what I am seeing as far as investors are concerned, I'm seeing investors that I have relationships with uh, pick up three to six to eight unit buildings uh, in some of the outer boroughs, um, Williamsburg, Greenpoint, you know, the sort of very desirable parts of uh, Brooklyn, and even moving further east into Brooklyn as well. But um, all over Queens, I'm seeing investors pick up smaller buildings in these respective neighborhoods um, and then repositioning the, the building itself, renovating, uh, uh, creating an additional bedroom and, uh, and, then, and then throwing that on the rental market. And one of the reasons why we're seeing a lot of that in some of the outer boroughs is largely because uh, the outer boroughs is comprised of a lot more three to six unit buildings than right. you see in Manhattan. And ultimately when that happens, when, when you see someone, a seller, for example, in Williamsburg who has a three or four unit building, a lot of these sellers have owned these, these assets for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. And they're not really sort of in tune, if you will, with what it is that they have and the potential that's on the table with, with what it is that they have. Uh, so you'll see a lot of young investors come in, scoop up a lot of that inventory, renovate, reposition, and increase rents in some cases over 50% uh, uh, in, in, these respect, in this type of uh, housing stock. Uh, we're seeing a lot of that, and I, I suspect that that will continue to be a trend that will... Uh, Will carry on over the next decade to be honest with you yeah and that's it, it's interesting is i mean manhattan townhouses and brooklyn townhouses are different price points here and i and i wonder what the rent you know the rental situation it sounds like brooklyn is a much easier play in terms of that um and it's interesting you're not hearing the individual condos yet i guess it's early 
Um, I, I just wondered whether or not there'd be all cash buyers out there, um, even, even getting deals maybe on new developments that still have some unsold housing stock that didn't take advantage of the recovery and, and they find themselves you know, with a rug pull underneath them. Um, I think that could happen. I think that may happen yeah. over the next 18 to 24 months. You know, we're, we're not really yeah. sure what's going to, where the sales market is going to go or where the, where the world market is going to go over the next year or two. So, uh, exactly. you know, with the yeah, it's early. rate hike, uh, the, the, uh, the, 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 the uh, up and down as far as the, uh, the stock market is concerned, the uh, just just overall, we're not really sure what's going to happen as far as the sales market is concerned. Uh, it's kind of like a, a we're taking a wait and see type of approach. As far as our inventory is concerned, anything less than $2 million, we've seen slow down tremendously. Uh, anything above $2 million has continued to continue to stay uh, uh, quite uh, active uh, as far as interest is concerned. Uh, but you're, we're going to see uh, a change of, uh, of sentiment over the next 18 months. And we yeah. very much, we could fall into a scenario where there's a lot of leftover housing stock in some of these new development condos throughout the city that, uh, that developers need to sort of just unload and get rid of it and move on. And there might be opportunities for uh, a lot of cash buyers to you know, throw X amount of dollars into, you know, a, a block of units and, uh, and throw them on the rental market. And it's not a bad idea if you can, if you can find those deals considering where the rental market is today. Well, I'll just tell you that John and I are starting a fund. We're about to raise about $100 million. Uh, Jeffrey, we're going to consider you the first person to bring in your money into us to do this. So thank you very much. You're very gracious to uh, donate to this uh, distressed real estate fund that uh, John and I are starting up. Uh, but no, listen, this has been very educational and we're getting towards the end here. And I have one final question, Jeffrey, for you. Um, rental market OPs and concessions, because I mean, this rental data is very hard to track, very hard to track. I don't see all that information. Um, I just see the last asking rents, right? So um, could you just give me the state, the current state of our owners paying uh, for those commissions and, um, uh, are there any concessions that that renters are 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 doing to get deals done? Yeah, I don't think that there there are certainly still OPs, for example, being offered in some of the larger glass and steel buildings uh, in in the uh, lesser desirable neighborhoods. You know, the financial district, the far west side, uh, some of some inventory on the upper uh, east side, um, Murray Hill, you'll see a lot of larger buildings that are still offering OPs here and there. But generally speaking, I haven't seen concessions in the last year. And I really don't foresee any free rent, any OPs, anything like that uh, uh, coming back into play uh, for quite some time. Wow, it's, it's amazing how we have changed from 18 months ago to today. It's just been it's really you know, wild. It's really wild. All right. Well, listen, this has been fantastic. It's good to get a glimpse of what's going on um, from someone with a lot of data flowing to the top there and you see it all. So um, Jeffrey Carlson, thank you so much of Argo for uh, joining us for today's discussion. Um, that is John Walkup. I am Noah Rosenblatt. We are both from Urban Digs. This has been Talking Manhattan and we'll catch you guys next time.